Welcome back to our final most high grade earning episode. Most of the year. high grade. The IQs are flowing in this episode, guys. Welcome to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my friend, co-host, and stupid hat-wearing filmmaker, Alex Dandino. <laughs> it was my best. Our, it was my best hand. Before, before we get just miserably sad. With today's main character, a little bit of business, people. It's official. Your friends here at the Film Alchemist are on Patreon. That's right, patreon.com slash Pod. The absolute best way to help the show. The absolute best way to make this show exactly what you want and deserve. Come on over for a, as little as a dollar a month, and we assure you every single dollar We have dollar a really good out. time, man. Our Discord is awesome. We have great... Uh, friends and fans over there that we adore guys for as little as a dollar a month you can come in see what we're working on building over there you can vote on the movies that you would specifically like to hear in a patreon exclusive library and as you climb the official highlander tier ranking system you can actually select the movies that you specifically want to hear so guys we work really hard over there to try to make sure that the patreon is worth your time and money we have some cool new series coming out, so this is a great time to get in uh, to our new revamped and amazing Patreon. For those of you who've been with us since the very beginning, we thank you as always. For those of you who are about to join, we thank you as well. Make sure you go to YouTube so you can see our beautiful faces as we brood and say poetic things about... Stuff that might or might not mean anything. Go over there, look at it. You'll appreciate it. Cheekbones, a lot of hair. You know, it's a good time over there. YouTube, Film Alchemist. You can email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. You can find us on all the social media you're on. We're very easy to get a hold of, and we love to hear from you guys. Reach on out. Uh, also, if you would be so kind, take but a moment. Leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you find the show. Help us defeat the algorithmic Mom fucking uncles that try to keep us away from our friends and the people at large. Help us All fund right. our student films. Uh, help us fund our student films. Poison's not cheap, guys. Let's go. What are we doing? All right. We came in a little hot there at the start. We tried to bring it up here because now what we're doing, you left right. your toes out, right? You ever do that thing when you're in bed? This is a real fear that I've had since I was a child, right? I can never let my arm leg foot hand anything be over the edge of my bed i always imagined it as a pov from like a foot and a half off the ground t -t 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 running and cackling <laughs> and with a fucking axe like a halberd Shoo! they would just slice off whatever was hanging over the bed right so you did that and now instead of an axe it's me and alex we fucking we clamp onto your toe with our mouths and we use our enormous bodies to drag you into the dark depths of soul. What is this analogy? Wow. I started something, and I was yeah. like, I just got to land it. I don't <laughs> it's almost as weird as tonight's movie. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you like to see that? Wouldn't you like to see me and Alex? And then we're just dragging you into the abyss, the fucking abyss of infinite depression uh, of rich people. It's really hard to be rich, apparently. In tonight's movie... Hamlet, the 2000 Hamlet. A lot of Hamlets, including a Hamlet that won Best Picture, right? Indeed. 
Florence Olivia. So, again, I had never seen this film. Uh, I was not one to be to be walking the walk with the bard, as it were. When I was a younger man, I was watching more genre stuff. I have to say, I thought this movie was a real mixed bag. This movie has a wonderful fucking cast. And there is just something very bizarre and time capsule about this film. Is there ever? It really took me back. Like I, I really enjoyed my time, but what a strange collection of choices this movie became. Mm-hmm. Alex, walk, unpluck your mouth from the, the listener's toes and walk us through your opening thoughts on Hamlet. I um, I really so uh, like around this time, and again, like when all these movies started coming out, like between like I feel like it was like ninety seven and two thousand two, all these like Shakespeare adaptations started dropping these up these updated versions, some with the um, classic I am Tamman or some without. I like I was into all of them because I just thought it was interesting. I, I like seeing that kind of adaptation. This sort of thing is really fascinating to me because everyone has their own interpretation. Um. I remember seeing a trailer for it. I don't know how, because again, like the <laughs> internet was, you know, for those of you who tried you must to watch, have been in a very specific movie. That for had those the of you Hamlet who tried trailer. to watch trailers in like the like late nineties, early two thousands, like again, I don't know how many times I downloaded Real Player Seven, but like this had to have been one of them because I was just watching stuff. Um, Michael Almereda's Hamlet is a really weird and fun thing like for yeah the cast is incredible um the updates are very strange and very uh peculiar but it's fun to watch like i think this is like the thing is hamlet is one of the more interesting tragedies of shakespeare's oeuvre um it's weird and again very uh very improbable in today's world i mean not necessarily (laughs) improbable but some of it's just very like, again, it, it's it, this is the hard thing about adapting Shakespeare, and we've talked about this a lot this month. But the hardest thing about adapting Shakespeare is like you have to remember this like these ideas came at a time where simpler people were watching a play. Like you literally showed up at the theater to watch a show, and you know people not hearing things or like people missing a letter or shit like that. That was like a common thing. Now it seems absolutely preposterous to be with the information highway we have. Like, how could anybody miss an email and so on and so forth? But that is that's essentially kind of like what makes the undigestible thing about Shakespeare more difficult when it comes to these modern adaptations. Yeah, I personally really enjoy this version of Hamlet. I, I, I like. Yeah. I, I love Ethan Hawke. I think he's awesome. Oh man. Yeah, um, I, I, and it's 2000 you on... Ethan Hawk, Ethan Hawk, too. So it's like this quiet post Gattaca <laughs> intensity. Yeah, it's kind of like Hamlet bites, right? <laughs> like, but, that is exactly uh, what I wrote in my notes. Like, that's almost what precisely. this movie is. Yeah. yeah. Um, I agree with you again. The iambic pentameter in this one is more shackle than wing. Um, you know, it happens, but again, another really interesting example of which actors can still act while doing this and which ones are just reciting the lines like robots. Uh-huh. And Ethan Hawke walks this line pretty fucking good. He is he is a really good Hamlet in this. I was telling you earlier, I, was, I read a tweet the other day that I was fucking dying laughing because I knew we were talking about this movie. 
And someone, when that, that Barry Cohagen uh, Joker clip came out. Right. And they're like, is the Joker just America's Hamlet? <laughs> and I fucking... <laughs> like, every young actor who wants to brood and be serious is going to be the Joker. And yeah. I was like, bravo, A fucking plus tweet. Well done, well done. Uh, that's, what's yeah. replaced, that's what's replaced Hamlet. Like, yeah, that's not the role anymore. <laughs> and Ethan Hawke is just super sad, like, just snobby little yeah. bitch, right? Like, you watch this movie and you can almost smell the clove cigarettes. You can almost hear someone go... The Midwest? What's that? I'm I'm confused. There's there are a lot places of, yeah. outside of New York. Mm. There's this like faint overhang of like American spirits over the camera. Like you can clearly see the smoke. <laughs> no, no, no. American spirit. That's what hard people. That's what hard people smoke. Or people who used to be hard. Yeah. This is art student clove cigarette. We are like, oh my god, did my grandma just come back from the grave and incense the atrium? Oh no, it's fucking uh Twinkle Star over there. They changed their name last semester. Don't worry, uh, art kid. It was so weird. You'd go down by a dumpster and you're like, what's that smell like? Leftover fucking beef smells and yeah. clove incense. Anywho. It, but yeah, it's it's just a movie that is just pretension personified. Which is perfect um, because I think that's a really big part of Hamlet in general. Like, yeah, it is like super stuffy and pretentious. It's literally just rich people. It's literally rich people yeah. just like double crossing each other constantly. Yeah. Well, there, there, there's a lot of Shakespeare that's about upper crust people, right? Like yeah. part of, I think what everyone liked about Shakespearean tragedy is when the commoners would go down to the theater, you would watch the fucking elite get taken down. And again, this is like this, the, the, the modern movie going experience is very similar to what it was like to go to the globe theater in the 1500s, which is like, you're going to go to escape your shitty life for about 20, like for two hours. So, okay, yeah. cool. Like, again, and you don't want to see a guy who's toiling hard in the field, yeah. then get fucking betrayed yeah. and murdered. Like, no, that's you like, like see the what you don't want to see. Like you go to the theater to see what you don't want to go to the theater to watch is like, Oh good. A retelling of the you know story of Job. No, you want to go <laughs> like, if you're going to go to the theater, you're going to see Jesus Christ superstar. Like it's like, if you have choice between those Put some two, technicolors on that bitch and I'll yeah, be <laughs> That's exactly what this is. I, I, I yeah. firmly believe that that is what the spirit of like these kinds of stories and why they've endured is because they are like shockingly escapist because again, like everyone loves to see rich people get fucking brought down to earth. And I think what's great everyone. too is this movie. So this movie starts with, uh, this movie starts with uh, interstitial titles, which I know is like your favorite thing, you know? I love, because it's another one where they're like, let's frame the movie around like news broadcasts. Yeah. New York but City. But Ethan Hawke doing his like, it was this weird kind of, the same style that like the original real world had, where it was like yeah. gray, weird, like Blair Witch camera. And he's like, yo, twas yeah. fucking sadness it's and like, brooding. Blah. Yeah, it's like Hamlet. <laughs> it's Hamlet like who's definitely seen Deaf Poetry Jam. And he's like, I think yeah. I can do that. And he's like, I'm white. This is mine now. Blog. And it's like, Jesus, <laughs> H. Hamlet, bring it down. <laughs> Hamlet, my God, appropriate much? Not yeah. everything's for you in your fucking ivory tower of hair gel, you fucking bitch. But like, they have those like, <laughs> they have those like opening titles, which is like New York City 2000, the CEO or king of the Denmark Corporation. I'm like, that's a shitty name for a corporation. If I'm being straight up though. I actually did like that. I dig the shit out of it. It's I was a great like, adaptation. steer right into it. It's funny. Everybody's Whatever. like, everybody's living in Hotel Elsinore. I'm like, why not? Yeah. It's Ethan it. Hawke and Kyle McLaughlin, who literally just looks like 
everything you hate about your boss like jumped off of the yeah. devil on his shoulder roll and became a man. Even though he's a very charming, great yeah. guy. He will he's, he's like so spe- good at built to look right. like that guy. You're well, like, I'm in like, already. Special Agent Dale Cooper from the first episode of Twin Peaks, just old. You're like, God, you douche. Like it's just like a fifteen minute clip of Dale Cooper. Just See, like I think in real life he's hours. real Dale Cooper, right? Who's like the charming, like damn good pie. Like I'm yeah, really yeah. nice and yeah, happy. No, absolutely. I think this is more Showgirls Kyle McLaughlin. Oh, really? I'm not sure dog. I get Showgirls Kyle McLaughlin. I mean, he poisoned his brother to just fucking beat it with his wife. That is Showgirls Kyle McLaughlin. I don't know. I'm not sure I would have known he, that. Without he the... is he is not boat show, but he's like New York Stock Exchange Showgirls Kyle that. McLaughlin. New York Stock Exchange yeah. Showgirls makes more sense. I'll give you that. If okay. if the hot tub that the wife is violently thrashing just around in, like rip. she's had. <laughs> She's like an epileptic who's just seen, you know, like fucking Technicolor explosion. Oh, yeah. That's what the sex looks like in Showgirls. That do that on the New York Stock Exchange. That's Kyle McLaughlin in this right. movie. But I think this movie kind of begins and ends right around the Ethan Hawke performance. I. It's really funny because Ethan Hawke has become this kind of like crusty old, like wizened man of the Southwest. Right, where he's got this real folksy thing he does now. Yeah. He was so good in this era at playing the absolute most pretentious smart guy in the room, right? Like, imagine the Ryan Reynolds thing, but, like, not for laughs. Wow, it's the second Ryan that's Reynolds he was in so two weeks. At. Second Ryan Reynolds reference <laughs> in two weeks. Well, I think that's really... That's I saw really, Free Guy, and I am really mad about it. It's fine. I think that's what's really interesting about the Ethan Hawke of our era. Like... This is how I remember Ethan Hawke. Like, the Reality Bites through this. Is I re- always start at Reality Bites with That's Ethan That's the Hawk. Ethan Hawke I remember. I know that everyone, you know, I, I, I don't watch Dead Poet Society for Ethan Hawke. This is the Ethan Hawke I know. No. Like, Maybe the Sunrise, Sunset series, whatever that trilogy. Yeah, no, but th- that's that's part of this, though. Like, yeah. this version of him is the version that I always remember in my head of Ethan Hawke. It's only until recently where he did, he we finally all saw him in Boyhood and that shit's been going on for years, but he's also an older actor. And then we did before midnight. This is the new version of Ethan Hawke. Where, and again, he's great. Like I think he's a wonder. I think Ethan Hawke's an incredible actor. Really but fucking good actor. This is the version of Ethan Hawke that I've always remembered. And I think it's weird because I watched it. I watched it today, and realized I didn't like. I had, it's almost like because we had been so, we've been so entrenched in this middle aged Ethan Hawke. I have forgotten, like, this is the version of Ethan Hawke that's, this is, like, the one that's in my head when I think about it, is that, like, very, you know, windswept hair with weird glasses, Ethan Hawke, this is the version in my head, always. It's funny watching this the week after watching Romeo plus Juliet, Mm because he's got that kind of, like, young Leo, Christian Bale in American Psycho, he's kind of cutting that difference. Yeah. And honestly, I look back, and I'm like, why did Ethan Hawke not just become the dominant actor of his generation? I right. Too. And I, there, I, it felt like there was a moment where he just went another direction. Right. And thank God he did. His stuff is wonderful yeah. now, but you watch this movie and you're like, so he was the young snappy heartthrob. Right. Yeah. And when you watch him go Hamlet and again, iambic pentameter is such a specific go, skill. Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this guy. We do more than sucking on toes here, people. You're welcome. Deep. Uh, it's a side pod. Toe suckers. I just keep thinking about toe sucking now. Yeah, like, wow. What's the toe look Weird. like? I got to decide. What is your Instagram? Either, 
<laughs> me and Quentin Tarantino, we're just great friends. No, neither here nor there. Rex Ryan's in. Yep. Um, <laughs> but the iambic pentameter is such a, an exclusive skill, right? And there are really wonderful actors that cannot do this. Because then they turn into line recital robots. Several, and several of active. them in this film. I mean, just a ton of them this whole month. We were like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Ethan Hawke really inhabits this. Sells it. He you know what sells this shit. And I'm like, so he had that extra thing, too. Mm-hmm. It feels like every time an acting challenge was before him, he fucking rose to the challenge. It's interesting to see where that would have gone. Like, what happens if he ends up and he's... He took Leo's thunder, right? Right. It's interesting to see what would have happened. I think what's interesting, too, about this version is he also – and, again, this also could be – this could be a direct – this might, might be Michael Almoreda is um, he lets a lot of it live in voiceover, which is cool. Mm-hmm. So, like, perhaps it's a highly directable thing because, like, the to be or not to be speech is a voiceover. So – I mean, what a – it's a voiceover in a blockbuster. In a blockbuster, which is like... I oh. think that's the thing this movie does best for me, is it? it's transportative to a time yeah. period. Well, it's like in a blockbuster, uh, and not only that, it's like in a... This is the other thing that I love about this movie. Is it's, I mean, hold on a sec. Do you think, though, that like the 15 people that actually comprise Shakespeare all rolled in their grave in one moment unifiedly? When they're like, blockbuster! <laughs> or do you think they were just like stoked? I think they were psyched. Get the fuck out! I'll tell you what they were psyched about, and this is like I totally forgot. It's not even a blockbuster in the traditional sense, where like you know, because like in blockbusters in some movies, like other than like the holiday, they usually have to like pull out all the real titles of movies. This feels like shot like an indie, so like they can't do that. They don't have the budget to make up a bunch of fake uh, movie posters and shit. So like. He's literally doing the to be or not to be speech. And in the background is deep impact and small soldiers posters. And you're like, I honest this to God, is the fucking best. <laughs> I wondered if that was not a specific, like we are so much better than those two movies. Cause I was like deep fucking impact. Like they, if you went to old blockbusters, right? Every right. time a new movie came out, there was like 30 of that fucking movie. Absolutely. So I'm like, the art department could have shifted like, also, D and S are not next to each other alphabetically in a fucking blockbuster. So I was like, the crew literally said, hey, which two movies do you want to try to dunk on? Well, it wasn't even that, though. Like, it was it was that, and then, like... Because they did have the wall of just blockbuster ones. I think that was, like, in case we get killed, we can do a cut here. Well, I like the, also the aisle that... <laughs> had, like, the first thing, when he starts the speech, the first, the first thing I look at besides those two posters is the... One of the tapes that's like facing out is fucking Sister Act. Like, yeah. there's tons of these things that you're just like, I can't believe this is a fucking Shakespeare movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, blockbusters not where like and a lot of great. They're shit playing went down. fucking a Lawrence Olivier Hamlet on the TV, and you're like, Good lord, guys! I was just like, Dude, that's a ballsy movie. <laughs> I know. Right? That'd be like if when LeBron's going into the Hall of Fame, he's like, Hey, let's actually watch Michael's mixtape. Just way better stuff. It's like it's like it's like LeBron watching his Space Jam while oh. with the with the old Space Jam in the background. He went back to where the popcorn making machine was. He's like, actually, can I get that VHS of the original Space Jam and cry? <laughs> Extra butter? No, just kidding. I cryogenically <laughs> sleep at night. No, but <laughs> he's fine. It's such a fucking and again we have the Queen of Shakespeare, Julia Stiles, 
What? This was the meanest Julia Stiles Shakespeare movie. Yeah. This was the meanest. Playing the, you know, Ophelia, the often named Ophelia, and just... She's been in a lot of Shakespeare, but didn't have to so Shakespeare. She, so for our, let's see, our month, she was an O, this one. Are those she did only 10 th- Things I Hate she About did 10 You. 10 Things I Hate About You. So 10 Things I Hate About You is like her crowning achievement story. Right. And that's right like the, in that movie. that's like her crowning achievement Shakespeare adaptation. But yeah, she was in like fucking three of these. At least, yeah. And who knows how many, if you read like movies that are adaptations of Shakespeare, it's a long and wide stretching list. Yeah. Uh, she's one of them that there are several actors that crumble under the weight of the pentameter. This doesn't work. You know who's strangely funny in this is fucking Bill Murray as Polonius. Okay, I'm glad you brought this up. (laughs) Not strangely funny. It's it's what's strangely funny to me at least is that he's doing the iambic pentameter. I'm like, oh, he like he believes what he's saying. Like, it's weird okay, to hear him do it. That's what I'm saying, because he's the only one in the entire fucking movie. Ethan Hawke delivers it well, mm-hmm. but he is clear. I mean, that is a masturbatory exercise, right? Just there- soliloquying. Bill Murray takes the iambic pentameter, and it still sounds exactly like a Bill Murray it delivery. Does. Isn't that weird? He- I was, I mean, it, I, it was really the bothering scene- me, but then I was impressed. The scene where he he sits down with Ophelia to like say like Hey, did you fuck that guy? Like, and again, it's I, I'm not gonna do the iambic pentameter lines. Cause I frankly, thought it was like, the Liev Schreiber moment when he's telling him like, you know, oh. be neither a lender nor a borrower, right? He's like that, laying out his life rules, and somehow it still just sounded it, Bill Murray. It's a of really all the guys we've seen this month. I know he's not bad. The not thing that I bad, noticed. The thing that I noticed for so the scene with Ophelia is when he sits down with her and literally like he's trying to get her attention and he does this very Bill Murray thing and I was wondering I'm like I wonder if that was ad libbed where he takes that shit out of her hands like the present that he Hamlet supposedly gave her and like like God damn it listen to me like puts it aside I'm like that feels like just Bill Murray like that could just be a Bill Murray beat like if this yeah. was not iambic pentameter he would have oh, dude you know it would make total sense he's, yeah really good though doing it and i he was the one person cast i remember watching this movie the first time like probably a year after it came out i like found it at uh i found it a hollywood video which was the one the video store in my town i really wanted to see it and i watched it and again i was like bill murray the ghostbusters guys in this movie i had no like it was just like i don't get it at all but i was like that's cool (laughs) and watching it now you're like damn Bill Murray is like really kind of putting in a bit of a performance over like people like Kyle McLaughlin. Like you're like, all yeah. right, do it. He he struggles a bit. Again, yeah. though, I think this is what we talked about last week is that it's hard to do the middle Shakespeare. Yeah. But when you're high, really high, or you're really whispery. Because when Kyle McLaughlin's doing his soliloquy about his sins in the fucking limo that mm-hmm. Hamlet stole, I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. But then when he's just talking for almost every other scene in the movie, not great. Not as good. No. Um, well, it's very it's presentational. Hard, but, like, you see so much of this. Like, even Liev Schreiber, who's a wonderful actor. Yeah. He feels like a junkyard dog pulling on the chain. Right? He's like, he wants to be unleashed. But he can't because he's got to fucking get these. You know? Okay, so here's the thing. I think a really great example of what we're talking about, right? Ethan Hawke does it as, like, the big masturbatory, like, look at me kind of thing. And he does great with that, right? Yeah. 
So that's kind of what it's for, right? That's why you put all those extra words there. Yeah. Uh, Sam Shepard mm. plays the ghost of Ethan Hawke's dad, just like a real fucking stage. Yeah. Stage guy. That is what it looks like when a guy can do it and inhabit mm-hmm. it properly. Absolutely. And I think it's hard when you get someone in these movies, right? Like in Romeo and Juliet, right? The priest. And then now with Sam Shepard, you're like, when you see the guy who can really do it like yeah. that so fucking naturally, it's like, oh. yeah. When you see Sam Shepard doing it in this movie, it's like so, again, like I like my, this is probably my favorite version of the ghost of the father. This, uh, the um, second being, Kenneth Branagh's Kenneth Branagh's version, which is like super ghostly and really like kind of like stagey and presentational. Yeah. Sam Shepard, and again, this is because Sam Shepard's just an incredible. He was just an incredible actor. I don't. I mean, like he literally did. He did so many like commercial movies that he made so much better because he just was Sam Shepard. Yeah. This was one of these things where you're, and again, you're right. This is like where it's really like amazing in the whispers. He's like explaining all this stuff, and you're like, Jesus Christ! Like, and you know exactly what he's saying. Because again, I get lost in the weeds all the time with iambic pentameter. Like, I'm never oh, fully yeah. under. I, I'm like, I almost feel like I'm onto it, and then like they say a word, and I'm like, the fuck does that have to do with anything going on in this moment? Yeah. And this was one of those things. Where it was like, dude, Sam Shepard. I just like, I feel so bad for him. Like, he's just like, he's just walking around this stupid hotel. But but honestly, there's something about the ghost Hamlet's father in this movie right that is so it feels different to me yeah this doesn't feel like a ghost or like a haunted like beware the uncle who finger bangs your mother oh right right like he's a diddler right like that's not what they're doing a lot of that this feels so meaty Mm -hmm. i guess for lack of a better word right the corporeal nature of the dad just the fact that when he sees him on the balcony, he goes and lets him in the door. Yeah. And then he's grabbing him head to head, and he's like, you know what? There is hell. Don't let this become you. Your uncle, you know, poison. But he's touching Hamley. He's really fucking yeah. got a hold of him. It There's a real, real fucking, you know what I mean? Like a, an impact to the performance. Mm-hmm. Whereas later when Hamlet and his mom are wrestling on the bed, right? And Hamlet's, you know, fucking got her and he's screaming at her. He just fucking killed Polonius through the door. Yeah. Um, even when Hamlet's dad is in that scene, he feels like he's really on that chair. Even as the mom's like, you know, you're cracking up. Who are you talking to? There's just something about the way the dad is presented as so matter of fact. And so in this world with them, that I think is really, you know, they don't do necessarily like the skull, like to be or not to right. be, right? Like he's talking to dad, like actual dad. It's kind of, well, it is kind of cool. And they also, I think the thing I like the most about this version is also they really do play up the fact like, oh, okay, Hamlet actually might just be crazy. Like, because like yeah. every other version of Hamlet, we're just led to like, it's framed very specifically that Hamlet's not crazy. He's literally just seeing He's seeing ghosts. He's like trying to get to the bottom of a. He's getting to the bottom of mystery. He's doing like the worst detective job ever, but he's trying to get to the bottom of the mystery. This is the first one. This is the only one I can remember that literally they're like, he just might not all be there. I don't know what to say. Yeah. Like, so we're just going to let it, we're just going to write it out. Like, that I think is the really cool thing about this version is they do the, they do a very, mo- the modern take is that Hamlet actually 
might be full of shit. He might be the, yeah, the other most than unreliable. His friends who are like, we saw him in the elevator, right? right? But then even that scene when he's faded and then comes to is not how we see Hamlet's dad once he no. makes it to the crib. So it's there is this I think that's the thing, right? The meatiness of it might be because he only exists in Hamlet's gray matter, right? I do like that take. But it feels it feels more urgent. Right. Because it feels like you're actually trying to save your father rather than he's already gone. And especially because Hamlet is such a performative little just just a little wuss. I don't know how else to describe him, right? Like I know his dad died and that's really hard, but it's like you're still talking to dad like could be worse right like <laughs> you're so rich as shit you still look like ethan hawk like hey man smile right like you know maybe rent uh rent happy feet instead of you know brooding teenage oh, wait no this is 2000 so what's the movie you're supposed to get into toy story Sh- rent toy shrek, story shrek number three probably <laughs> rent toy story you'll feel better yeah you'll be fine ethan hawk god take one day and just be stoked to be a hot take, young rich guy take one day and stop watching you know like all Ingmar Bergman movies and just like <laughs> And then he's like, I will rent something to make me feel better. Bill Cosby's ghost this dad. Version oh of God, no. This version of Amla just masturbates to the seventh seal all the time. <laughs> just like constantly. <laughs> he's like, Oh God, I better drink some Gatorade before I turn on persona. <laughs> Let's go. Right? He's just fucking ready. No, he's just he's <laughs> he's just one of those guys. I think it's the one thing about this movie that is a misstep to me besides uh, all of the cinematography is <laughs> Ethan Hawke is such a little just whiner. He's just so overdramatic at every fucking turn that it does be kind. It does become hard to kind of sit in it. And okay. that's hey, that's the Hamlet thing. You know, what's funny I agree. Like, I fully agree. And it is yeah. the Hamlet thing. It's actually what. But a lot Hamlet more Hamlets, really. they have a little bit of that, like, stiff upper lip, right? Like, I'm going to yeah. fucking, I'm going to get this even. You know what's really funny, though? And this is this is something I noticed when I watched it this time was the only time he's not, like, a crying little bitch is when everyone's coming to see his movie. I'm like, oh, he's a film student. I get it now. <laughs> yeah, he's a film student. That's <laughs> what like, I said, right? see my movie now. Hey, you got any, uh, let's go dumpster dive for hot dogs, smoke cloves, and talk about how no one should really watch, you know, The Matrix. What are you talking about? It's not black and white. It's a, it's a talkie. No one wants talkies. Right, yeah. Ooh, is that a three-heeled hot dog? Yeah. We actually, I only say that because we actually have friends that would clove and invite me to dumpster dive. And I was it's, like, guys, I'd rather like, that, like, I'd rather sell it on the street corner. That might be one of my favorite modern affectations. He's such a mopey little asshole for the entire movie, except for when people are going to watch his movie. I'm like, fucking yeah, in his fucking, uh, you know, parents boardroom on the 90th boardroom floor. auditorium. When he puts on the jacket and then before he walks in, puts on the fucking like blue blockers that every softball dad had. I was like, you fucking that douche. was the best. I love he's yeah, such a douche a, in this. He has movie. a dumb fucking hat and those blue blocker glasses. Yeah. Just like you guys come on. I boy. like Firefly and giant trucks. Let's go. No, even the like opening of his film, the mousetrap, right with the like fucking clockwork orange thing. I was yeah. like. Oh, I so get this guy. And yeah. I was like, I so feel bad for his I dad, agree. but also like, I has, totally his, agree. This is what I think, right? Imagine five or like five weeks before the movie started. Do you think Hamlet was just a cool guy making the world a brighter place? Right. Or was Hamlet already just being like a mopey little sad sack? 
And now he's just like, yes. This is the movie that makes you think that Hamlet might be stoked that his dad got yeah. killed so that his uncle could hit it. Yeah. No, right? Well, like, Hamlet, he, just, he so overdoes the fucking emo-ness. Yeah. Hamlet is like, this version of Hamlet is very much like one of those, you know those one-upper guys? Like, that's like what yeah. this version of Hamlet is. is well, he's, he's, he's a one-downer. He's a one downer. Well, <laughs> he's a one upper on how sad he is, opposed to, yeah. as opposed to everyone else. Like, that's his like. That's his bit. He's you like, know how I knew. And again, I love Ethan Hawke in this movie. Yeah. He goes for it. What I thought was like, oh, oh, this is a giveaway. I'm like, you're not even friends with Steve Zahn. Come on. I was on. like, fucking throw the flag. Throw the, any Dude, movie seriously. where you're not a friend of Steve Zahn. That means you are probably a person who's seriously, just this going cast too hard. is fucking stacked. Wonderful. Jeffrey fucking writes in this movie. Like, come on, man. Like, the movie is the it, like it has no right to have the cast it does. And yeah. it's, it's fucking incredible. It's so good, yeah. And it's just kind of this again, it's just it's not a beautifully shot film, which is kind of the saddest part. If this movie <laughs> it's funny for a movie that looks like it is obsessed with film students. Yeah. And it clearly is watching movies and they make an actual film student kind of film, like an experimental yeah. student film. The fact that this movie is so bland in it's shooting, I think is the thing that set. I mean, I'm telling you, if this was shot by just, let's just go to the highest end of the spectrum, right? Roger Deacon with these fucking actors. I think this movie has run. I think a lot of people will turn this on. And even if they don't know a lot about the art of film, the craft of film, your eye is visually going to know that scene when Polonius is talking to the couple in their robes after they've been swimming. Yeah. You're like, this is a fucking blocking disaster. Yeah. Like, well, this is the lighting. What is happening? This is one of those things where you're, yeah. Like, I mean, that scene particularly, you're just like, this is, this is hideous. Do we just like not want to get in the pool? Is that what's going on? There's like 15. And it's sad because a lot of them are Bill Murray scenes. They are. Where you're just like, why? What? But. Speaking of, there. speaking of not okay, I have to say this one other thing. Speaking of not knowing anything about film, Hamlet's movie. Um the I I love Mousetrap, dude. I love that. Okay, the mousetrap, the movie. Should have called it Rat Trap though, since the dude poisoned his dad. So, Just one note, Hamlet, that's all. The mousetrap because <laughs> the ti the title card's like a film by Hamlet, Prince of Denmark. I'm like, you did not need to put that title card in there, you fucking asshole. What he was is, letting uh, him know. He's like, "Hear the hooves! I'm coming for you! I'm coming for you, Uncle Uncle Shocker." I'm it was one of my all. It was. It might be one of my all time favorite. Like, why is this in your movie, dude? <laughs> <laughs> That's like one of those things where we're all sitting there. And I'm like, this is like when you're like when you're in high school and you're starting to make your own movies and you give yourself every single credit so you have rolling credits. You're like, dude, you don't yeah. need that. Yeah. I. But that's one of those things. I just like again one of those great it's, film it's film student like, things. Hey. I wasn't rich, but I was there in this time period. You just made the call. You don't send five faxes back and forth. You just make the call make when the you're call. setting up the fucking duel or whatever. Absolutely uh, loved it. <laughs> and then this movie, it's just so much weird shit in this movie. It's it bizarre. ends on the fucking weirdest scene, right? The ending scene of this movie might be the absolute best thesis for who they thought they were making this movie for and who they specifically did not want to watch this movie. Because, uh, <laughs> again, because of the iambic pentameter, I didn't fully understand uh, what Hamlet's argument was at the grave and why uh, Latonius, whatever the fuck his name is, 
Thelonious? Uh, no, fucking Leah Schreiber. Oh, Laertes. Laertes, yeah. What a name. I didn't know, like, why can't we fucking fight at my sister's grave? Lotta, I mean, also, he had, like, a way too close relationship with his sister that was very strange. It's um, always weird. Again, so they're, like, like, bickering at the gravesite. I'm like, wait, Shakespeare what are they saying? Like borderline incestuous. I mean, that was probably the time back then. There were just so many less people. You know what I mean? And they're all rich. They're like, we're the only ones that take a bath once a month. Uh, you know, that math adds up, I guess. But anyway, so they do this weird thing. Then they're faxing duels back and forth. Somehow Hamlet went to England and just came back yeah. without Steve Zahn and the other guy. Okay, we, we skipped the Polonius thing, too. When this movie ends, right, they're like, let's sit on a roof with photographers. They hired, like, okay, six photographers. Brought, no, no. It was a whole fucking crowd of, like... It like was a the cadre of photographers. It was the fucking White House press corps at their fucking yeah. Hotel Elsinore. To literally photograph what is going to be a crime scene. You all know this is about to <laughs> be a crime scene. You all know scene. this guy's about to get murdered. One so of these Kyle McLaughlin's thing is, I will hide under the brightest lights and it'll be trickery. All he does is walk around and be like, wine? You? Drink, only drink. you? Wine? Drink? Wine? Anybody want to drink? Yeah. You want to drink? I'm like, I don't know a lot about fencing, but I'm like, maybe a Gatorade? Yeah. Like, <laughs> also, like, I didn't see you pop that bottle. You could assert it with your dick. Like, what are we doing here? No <laughs> one's on, drinking man. that. I'm not doing that. It's probably got but your so piss in it. Forget they're it. They're fencing under these weird lights with a paparazzi core. The ugliest strapped lights. to the ceiling. Ugliest yeah. lights you could pick. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's just literally like it's flood so, lights when you work I, at a construction site. It's one site of those there. things where you're like, it has to be purposeful. Like, but, it reminded me of the lighting we had on Wipeout where yeah. we have to do the overnights. When we do the night shoots, yeah. Yeah, every but time. But I just, again, you just say this list of things out loud and you're like, what the fuck is this movie? And honestly, I was just sitting back on my couch like, nice nice i'm in i don't know i'll never get invited to one of these things so this is my only chance I, yeah. i'm here right it's... like <laughs> if there's a slap fight behind a denny's i might see that i'm not gonna see this shit yeah. ever in real life absolutely uh it's just such a weird like what did they do with polonius's body why is there no legal ramifications for that he washed uh, him in a laundromat uh yeah i mean have you ever heard of uh i don't know dude well also I mean, i'm like they don't own that entire hotel building he was again, leaving a house that jack built trailed the whole I, I, I think this is the weird thing about again this this goes like we talked about this last week romeo plus juliet but like this is the weird thing about grounding this kind of thing because like hamlet for all its weirdness is very grounded in reality by like the cinematography and a bunch of the other weird shit they decided to throw in this thing that's the hardest part about modernizing these adaptations is like death in modern society does not come without massive penalties well so, like in Macbeth, they kill these people in the middle of the night at their own homes when he's in the line of succession he just goes oh man those drunk guys did it yeah and everyone's like yep that checks out yep yep, yep, yep. again you're like i mean that's like the Breakfast hardest part <laughs> like that's the hardest thing about modern. And as, again, I said it last week. It's hard and and today, the hardest part about modernizing the tragedies, particularly. Yeah, the comedies are easy. Comedies you can cut out the like super problematic shit, and you know keep most of the husk of the story. The hardest thing about adapting the tragedies is because there's murder, and we live in a modern society, and there's actual laws besides like, yeah. oh, you offended me, I have to kill you now, like. Those pieces are so complicated to like unfurl yeah. that like again, like Macbeth is a great example. 
for a guy to run out and be like, oh, it was those two drunk guys who did it. You're like, you seem to know a lot about this. Can you come in here for some questioning? Like, and he's like, don't worry, I already happens. killed him because they're such bad guys. And they're like, oh, nice, oh, good oh. thinking. At least this guy's here. You know, it's the but same thing. That's what I mean. This is the thing, too, because the only people that want to make Shakespeare adaptations are people that don't realize there's a world outside of New York and Europe. Yes, correct. And so you're like, if you set that well, movie in, like, I would, Fargo, North Dakota. Now they did this. You can kill anyone you fucking want. Now, it's interesting you bring this up. They did that in an adaptation of Macbeth. It's called Scotland, PA. Yeah. Um, like You can kill people in the wilderness in the country yeah. still. But it's like, fun. I think what's interesting it's is... It's not fine. That's a weird thing to say. By putting... But, like, <laughs> you bring up a good point, though. Like, by putting adaptations in New York or Europe, uh, modern Europe, that kind of thing. I think what's interesting is it's not necessarily the only way to do it. What it is is you do this to compartmentalize everything. So when murder actually happens in Hotel Elsinore, you're like, all right. My understanding is that literally anything can happen in this hotel and everyone like Ophelia fucking drowns and no one okay. gives a shit. But this it gives it this. By the way, drown, drown, drowns, in like, drowns in like less than a foot of water. You're like, hey, man. Ophelia. When I remember when I was a kid, moms always used to say, like, most people die in less than six inches of water. And I was like, what? Like, that can't be a actually thing that scene. True. That scene roused some. Uh, I don't remember um, in The Sopranos at Jackie Jr.'s funeral <laughs> when <laughs> Tony and Uncle Jr. talking like, yeah, good gravy to you. Yeah. Sad day. Kid was always kind of a dumb fuck, though, wasn't he? Didn't he almost drown, <laughs> <laughs> hey. he almost drown in two inches of water? <laughs> Uh, all right, we'll we'll get to Ophelia. <laughs> I got. Well, I thought I was like, did she fucking jump? But anywho, that's what um, I thought originally. But it was like something we could have we could have fucking shown between soliloquies. Um, I think what is fun about this one though, right? Because again, the Polonius thing and the crimes and a lot of like running around the office with guns, right? Just shit like that. It gives it this American psycho thing, right? Where you know we always like to talk about like, did Patrick Bateman actually commit any crimes? Right. Or was this all in his head, right? Like, he probably didn't run through an apartment building naked with a chainsaw, kill that lady, and get away with it, right? Right. It's fun to think he did. And I think this one has that because he drags Polonius down to the basement and then calls his mom again in this wonderfully deranged moment from Ethan Hawke where he somewhat realized his mom was not in on the plan, right, and forgives her and, right. I'll see you later, I'm going to Europe. I think it gave it this really nice deranged quality. Um, the Ethan Hawke was so good at bringing out the, when he goes over, a lot of times he drifts into full on madness and it's really cool. And that scene was one of those. Yeah. So that kind of stuff, I think if you're going to do it, that's a great way to roll it out and make it do some extra work. All right. Now Ophelia. I was under the impression Ophelia somewhat mattered to the story of Hamlet. Boy, was I wrong. Um, yeah. Again, just gets fucking drowned off screen. Hamlet single... just Hamlet comes to see her, and then he's just like, "Nah." I've always wondered this too, because like, go to a nunnery, take thee to a nunnery. Is, well, this is what's interesting to me about like adaptations, like Ten uh, Things I Hate About You." Is women are so much more important in that story? Like, and I want I've always been curious because I've I've seen. Um, what t- I've seen the taming of the shrew. Like I've watched like that. Ad- I've seen that adaptation on film and the story is again, very male oriented. And obviously like the 1500s men 
as they always do, dominate a lot of art and culture. Which well, it's politics sucks. and honor and yeah. revenge. and Right. So these are very male point of view stories. I think that's what's interesting. That's what makes 10 Things I Hate About You such a great film is because 10 Things, 10 Things I Hate About You takes the story of the sisters very, much more seriously than the story of the men. Yeah. Um, and again, like, that's always the problem with the tragedies is the tragedies are so male-focused that these women are literally just like husks that men just like are there it's just like this horrifying felt really bad for her <laughs> yeah you just feel bad for these women you're like they're so not only like from a writing standpoint you're like these women are so underwritten but like the other part of it is you're like jesus christ like everyone treats she lost this her dad her everyone treats this told woman her like to get shit to the nunnery yeah. everything terrible happens to her yeah including hamlet being like a total dick yeah, I, I I literally didn't understand it. I'm like, I know I've seen this somewhere. I thought Ophelia was, you know, his love, his great love. Uh, nope. Hamlet's no. great love, blockbuster. Hamlet, and Hamlet. Ham- Hamlet's great love is Hamlet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Hamlet's like, you know what's better than a girlfriend? A sad girlfriend that sad. I can say makes me sad. Right? That's what Hamlet's here for. Hamlet's like, I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for a sad time. <laughs> it's like, yeah. even at the end, didn't it feel like Hamlet was fucking stoked that he got shot? Oh, yeah. Hamlet was like, well, Hamlet was stoked. Again. Hamlet almost looked at his mom like he was fucking furious. She stole the poisonous wine. And he's like, you stole my poetically dark ending. Yeah. He was so fucking mad at his mom. Hamlet was pissed. He had to do like the hardcore ending rather than the emo ending. Yeah. Like, that's a, tonight it's the night I dream of you. Instead, it's a, <laughs> instead it's a yes, I will. Like yeah. that's that's the Hamlet ending, like, which oh, is like, God, I gotta go out to like a Limp Biscuit song. Actually, yeah. pulling triggers. Yikes! He's like super pissed. He has to go out to like a Fear Before the March of Flames song rather than Dashboard. <laughs> like that's like, yeah, like it's it, it's literally like a guy. It's literally like a guy who's only been listening to Dashboard for two years. If someone turns on a Kill Switch song, I'm like. This isn't my vibe, but whatever. I guess I'll have to just go. You put your clubs away and you smoke fucking Marlboro, Marlboro Reds, Reds like the rest of us. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, you put down your fucking fancy pants cocktails that you yeah. learned on Pinterest, right? We don't want a Manhattan. We want a goddamn PBR. Get over here with us. Come talk about Kill Switch and Dio. Let's go. <laughs> I, absolutely lo- I absolutely love this is the rabbit hole we've gone down. It's like what the me- what kind of metal or not metal these guys listen to. Oh, there is no way Hamlet listened to metal. There's that no, one no. scene when he's like stumbling after the cab and they're playing something that's like metal adjacent. And I was like, no. It's nope. 2000s, so it's probably, yeah, like Evanescence type thing. <laughs> Evanescence way too hardcore in Midwest. Way too hard. No, uh, dude, I think they still fucking tour around here. Every really? summer when the concerts start, like I've been looking at concerts and Amy's fucking stoked because Bush is coming. It's Bush breaking Benjamin, and I can't remember which of those fucking delicacies get to headline. <laughs> but Amy's like, this is a great show. And I was like, oh, my God. You know, and there is something about, like, like you were an emo screamo guy. Yeah. Like, la- like, last summer I went to a concert, and the used opened up, right? Yikes. And holy fuck. Uh, hearing people whine like little bitchy teenagers when they're, like, 50 and balding. It's uncomfortable. It's so not 
fun to watch. This is why I do this in the privacy of my own car without like driving places. It's just I, a part of it. Yeah. I'm just like that. And then I get out of my car. I'm like, I'm an adult. I will not be doing that in public. Well, that like, was that that emo fest in Vegas. Like, guys, are we really all going to go there? Our backs all hurt. We're going to literally sweat. the first thing when that yeah. thing got announced. I was like, yeah, sure. A bunch of sweaty fats looking like me who are just walking in the desert. They're like, hey. <laughs> Oh, God. I used to listen to Screamo 80 pounds ago, guys. My knees are going. I can't, like, when you sweat mascara into my eyes, it hurts. I'll tell you right (laughs) now, the only thing that will get, like, a bunch of me's there, like, they're like, yes, three stages. Also, beer garden. Like, ooh, beer garden, eh? Yeah. that's just everyone like Hamlet who thinks that people need to know that they're doing shit will be at that thing people going to that vegas show are literally people who would make the mouse trap that's the, <laughs> <laughs> that's the fourth tent they're having a beer in the like, Ooh, the mouse trap oh the mouse traps playing all mm. right before we get out of here final love letter to this hamlet and shakespeare uh, as film adaptations to wrap the month up sure i i love i love shakespeare adaptations i think they're fucking fun a lot of them are bad. A lot of them, a lot of them are good. Like I, I really just think that it's got to be your flavor. If if they're doing the iambic pentameter, that's not always going to work. They it works. I think it works fairly well in the last two movies of this month. Um, the first two obviously didn't use it, but they didn't need to because a Throne of Blood's fucking incredible, and O is well O. So <laughs> O um, goes hard in other areas. Other of areas altogether. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's such a fun thing, and to me, it's it's like one of the last adaptations that doesn't require like. There's no one who's like sitting there. You think about the world we live in now, where people are these. The last ten years of like making Marvel movies was about adapting like famous comic book storylines, and a lot of gatekeepers are sitting there like, "Come on, that's not the li- that's not the vibe, that's not the vo- that's not the look." So and that's so not forth. canon. That's not what I thought it was. Like so on and so forth. What's nice about Shakespeare adaptations is it literally can be anything. You yeah. can make shit up, and you'll just accept it because a no one was there at the beginning of this shit, <laughs> but also. It's been so bastardized and re-dramatized and there's no like real version that it's just fun. And when you find out something's an adaptation, you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. So it is this like kind of like fun trip down into some form of education, even though like it's like one Wikipedia page and then you're like, all right, I'm good. They're fun. I like them. I I always take shit. I know a lot of people like argue about like they don't like to read it. They hate iambic pentameter. Honestly, I hate iambic pentameter. If it just disappeared from my life forever, I'm fine with it. Well, after this, I I like Shakespeare's stories. Right? I like madness. I like people that are haunted. I like mm-hmm. the tragedies. Right? I love a romance that's almost impossible to believe. Right? That sure. you would put it all on the line for. I I like Macbeth, man. Just people reaching for it, and how far will you go? I I think the reason these stories are so one, they have had this lasting power, and people like them, even though most people probably don't engage it with its original form, mm-hmm. is because in almost all of these stories, and again, even something like tonight with Hamlet, Hamlet as is like one of those fucking clubs that you don't want to go to. Your friend says, "Come on, just go anyways." You put on a stupid outfit you've never worn just so you can hopefully get in. And then a guy with the clipboard's like, nah, not you. Yeah. Not you. That's what Hamlet's <laughs> trying to do. It's, it's being unwelcoming in every way it can. 
But even there, there's so much human hooks. You know, the ghost of the father, the scene with the mother. There's just so much good shit in there that is what really good stories are about is connecting us to those things that I just don't think they'll ever stop. Agreed. Right? Even if you don't like certain things, there's always a core element to those stories that has just pretty much always worked. Right. Um, so I think it's been a really fun jaunt down the Shakespeare. Before line. we do that, I want to ask you, I write, you write, if someone said, I need you to adapt a Shakespeare story, which one, what would you do? Oh, I'd have to do Macbeth. That's my favorite by a mile. And honestly, Macbeth is perfectly set up to be a horror movie. Yeah. So that's that's what I'd write. I'd write horror Macbeth, like which that. all Macbeths are somewhat horror. Like you yeah, watch absolutely. Tragedy and Macbeth with Denzel, and you're like, that witch was fucking wonderful. That's fucking horror. And he's going insane and sorting people up, right? Like, I, I would love to do, like, a, a you know, Texas Chainsaw Macbeth, something like that. Like, just fucking yeah. take it to, like, a real down and dirty, greasy, backwoods kind of place. That's good. Yeah. I would love that shit. But yeah, like what that. about you? What would you do? I think I would probably do Much Ado About Nothing. It's in a, what genre? What kind of thing would you bring to it? It's it's much more entertaining spoken word if you don't do like that one is easier to do without iambic pentameter. I don't yeah. know like the last time they did it was with jo- like Joss Whedon did it before he became a monster. Um <laughs> or before he was uncovered as a monster. <laughs> Sorry, before he was uncovered as a monster. It wasn't bad, but like it also wasted a lot of really great actors. Like to me much Ado About Nothing is great because it sits everyone in one place and they all just have to, like, fuck with each other. So, for yeah. me, it's, like, a great sex comedy. So, I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe if someday I, we will be so blessed. If I was funny, I'd probably write it, but I'm not, so. <laughs> I don't know. All right, that's it for Hamlet. That's it for the Bard. Guys, we are fucking pumped to bring you next month. Oh, uh, my God, yes. The pod gets bad neighbors, right? So we're doing the burbs. We're doing straw dogs. Yep. We're doing rear window. Is that what we're doing? Or Rosemary's baby? Uh, No, we're doing Rosemary's baby and uh, Arlington, Arlington Road. Road. Yeah, the pod gets bad neighbors. I'm fucking pumped. We will also, uh, if you go to Patreon now, they're still voting for our two Patreon exclusives. Uh, we also will have our commentaries coming out. All of that great new stuff. Uh, working on. I'll, I'll spill it here. I'll spill the tea. I yeah. am gathering a posse now for a run through and mini recap of every episode of Tales from the Crypt. Is our first mini project Woo! we are working on. Super fucking excited for that. So guys, stay with us. Join us over on the Patreon for all the extra fun. Uh, Patreon.com slash Pod. Even a dollar a month, we assure you, means the world to us. Uh, leave those rating and reviews wherever you find us. The YouTube is Film Alchemist. The email is filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. We'll see you guys next month when we move into the neighborhoods from hell. Doth Terry, friends. I don't even know what that means. Take the ass to a nunnery. <laughs> Take the app to a nunnery, bitch. Mostly because I'm going in on your wife. No big deal. <laughs> Shakespeare. <laughs>